0: Well, good evening, everyone. Good to have you here tonight. It's nice warm this afternoon, and uh, hopefully you got some rest this afternoon. It's a good morning this morning. We had a good morning. A lot of, a lot of people here, and uh, we're excited to hear from our missionaries. We had them over to our house this afternoon. I think you're really going to like these people. They're really sweet people, and uh, they're excited about their ministry uh, in Alaska. And so I don't want to take all their thunder, but they will be coming up a little bit later. A couple of announcements tonight before we get started. Uh, first of all, if you're joining us for the first time here in person, please stop by our welcome desk. On your way out, we'd love to give you a gift. Uh, get a regular visit as well. If you're joining us for the first time online, please either scan the QR code on your screen or you can go to sptindy.org slash contacts, and we'd like to get a regular visit there as well. Youth Group Parent Night is this Wednesday night, so all teens and their parents, 645. The youth staff is excited to share their vision for the year and what they're looking forward to doing. And so 645 on Wednesday night, all the parents and uh, their teens should come for that, and I know they- staff staff's excited about that, and uh, they're looking forward to sharing what the Lord has laid on their heart for that. All right, another announcement, choir uh, will resume next week at 5 p.m. here in the choir loft. And so if you are interested in being a part of the choir and you haven't been before, please see Jason James. Uh, he is going to be leading our choir and does a great job with that. And so if you are interested in joining, please see him. If you have already been a part of it, next week you'll be coming out 5 o'clock to start choir again for that. I also still have the same bracelet from this morning, so if you missed the bracelet this morning, still here, and uh, it will be here until tomorrow, at which point I may give it to some. I don't know. We'll see. So uh, if it's yours, come up and claim it. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, two more things. Um, well, one more thing for the missionaries. If you weren't here this morning or didn't hear, uh, Paul Sharon passed away yesterday morning, and uh, it wasn't an unexpected thing. Um, I think he was 94, 95, 97. I missed a couple years there, and uh, so 97, and so it wasn't unexpected, um, but they are planning the funeral for Friday. Um, we will let you know more details. They're going to speak of the funeral home tomorrow, and so once we get all the details nailed down, we'll let you know on that. Looking, Just make sure you're paying attention to Facebook and all different sites there, uh, but the plan is 10 to 11 will be visitation here, and then 11 to noon will be the funeral on Friday, so I know there's some ladies that are working on meals, and we're thankful for that. And so just be aware that that is coming up this week. I think it's going to be pretty full. I think a lot of uh, service members as well, and uh, people from uh, the police department as well, are planning to be here. So that'll be a great opportunity for outreach. We're just praying that the Lord um, uses um, Paul Sharon's testimony um, to bring people to him. So, And our missionaries of the week, Dennis and Diana Hazelwood in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, um, they have been praying for a permanent location for their Christian Servicemen Center. And so if you can be praying for that, And then continue praying for Miss Diana as well as she heals up from pneumonia. Um, She was having a rough time uh, this past week, and so just praying that she continues to heal and gain strength so she can continue serving in that ministry there. We'll have the ushers come forward at this time to receive this evening's offering. We'll ask Brother Chuck if he would pray for the offerings and for the Hazelwoods as well.
1: Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful to be back in your house this evening, and gather together to worship you. I pray that you'll bless this offering and use it to further the the ministry here. Thank you for our missionaries and pray for Dennis and Diana in Missouri, that you'll be with them, continue to bless them and meet their needs and uh, give them the finances they need. But Again, we pray that you'll bless us as we're here this evening. Allow your Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: anniversaries for this past week. So August 14th, August 20th. Do we have any birthdays or anniversaries that happened this past week? Are you going to make it easy on me? Oh, Miss Loretta, birthday. What was the date of the birthday? Today. today. And I've been spending all this time with you today. I haven't said anything. Happy birthday to you. And how long you know the Lord is your Savior? 39 years. 39 years. Any other? Ooh. Yes, Miss Ava. When was your birthday? August. August 5th. August 5th, and how old are you? Five. Five years old. You turned six. You were five. You have a. It's been a whole year. You've been saying five, so that makes a lot of sense. All right. And how long have you know Lord as your Savior? One month. One month. That is exciting. I saw another hand over here somewhere. Yes, Miss Carlene. Today as well. Well, happy birthday to you as well. And how long have you know Lord as your Savior? Was, she did not say 80. Her husband said 80 years. So Since she was 16, smart answer, right? Pastor I said, good answer. Any other birthdays or anniversaries? I know we have a birthday this coming Saturday, and the person will not be here. That person is DeAndre, and uh, he's turning the big 1-8, correct? And how long do you have you know the Lord as your Savior? He didn't think I was going to ask him, so I just caught him off guard. Twelve years, so his birthday is this Saturday, but he leaves... Wednesday night to go to college down in Pensacola. Uh, Actually, a lot of our college kids are leaving this week, so make sure you say goodbye to a lot of them this week. There was one more that was being pointed to. Yes. Oh, Mr. Mark. And when was your birthday? Uh, The 16th. The 16th. Okay, I don't know when that was, but sometime this week. All right. And how long have you known Lord as your Savior? 35. 35 years. Anything, any other birthdays or anniversaries? All right, I don't have to ask the secret of anything. It's great. All right, let's sing happy birthday to these young folks. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you.
2: Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you.
0: All right, before Matthew comes to do the scripture reading, uh, we have our missionaries. I'm going to introduce him now. He's going to come right after the scripture reading. But we have Aaron and Rachel Houts and their family. To Alaska, And so we're excited to have them uh, here to present their ministry. And so after Matthew gives the scripture reading, Aaron, come on up and uh, share your ministry.
3: Those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of God's word. As we are in the book of Joshua, verse, uh, chapter 7, verses 6 through 15. And Joshua read his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side, Jordan? O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and shall environ us round, and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen, and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you any more, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves again tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, ye shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come according to the families thereof, and the family which the Lord shall take shall come by households, and the household which the Lord shall take shall come man by man. And it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire, he and all that he hath, because he hath transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he hath brought folly in Israel. May the Lord prosper his word to where he sent it, and may the Lord bless you as you go about your week. You may be seated.
4: Well, good evening. It's really good for our family to be here. We really appreciate um, the people that we've met. Everybody has been very friendly. Um, at least those of you we've met. I'm sure the rest of you are friendly. Um, but my name is Aaron. My wife, Rachel. Anna, James are in the back. And then our youngest, Malia, is in the nursery. I would love it. I'll say it now. I would love it if you met my wife and kids so that I'm not the only one that you hear from. Um, Pastor mentioned we have a table in the back. Uh, please visit our table. Anna's job is to hand out prayer cards. Uh, So hopefully you'll get a prayer card from her. She loves doing that. I'll say just a few things before our video, and then we'll share the video, and then I'll come back up and talk through a PowerPoint. Uh, But just to introduce our family a little bit more, we heard about this church uh, from Josh Perkins, a missionary that you all support to Papua New Guinea. We are good friends with he and his family. And his parents, actually, his sending church is our sending church. Uh, my wife and I um, attended that church for a little over six years while I was going to Bob Jones University for school. Um, the Lord has called our family to, um, to me, a unique ministry. It's, kind of a, it's still a pioneer work um, in Bush, Alaska. That's not a town. That's, that's the area where we're going. It's, it's remote access airplane-only, pretty much, uh, to these native villages. Uh, There's been a work there for quite a while, since the 70s, a church plant in a specific village, and our goal is to reach other villages. Um, Before I say what the video is going to say, I'm going to stop, and I'll let you watch the video, and then I'll come back up and talk us through a PowerPoint of pictures. So if you're ready with the video, we can go ahead. In 2018... My wife and I and our nine-month-old daughter flew into the Alaskan bush village Iliamna with Mike and Jeanette Clark in their mission plane. It was our goal to find out if the Lord wanted us to serve Him among the Yupik natives in Bush Alaska through aviation ministry. In Iliamna and a few other bush villages, we spent the next six weeks learning how church planting, discipleship, and aviation outreach work in Bush, Alaska. During those six weeks working alongside the Clarks, we saw how the Lord is using their 15 plus years of ministry to build Christ's church in these villages. And we also saw the need for a missionary team to be established there in Iliamna.
5: Hi, we are the Houts family, Aaron, Rachel, Anna, James, and Malia. Aaron and I grew up in Christian homes where we were exposed to the gospel and gave our hearts to the Lord at young ages. We both attended the same small church in a farming community in upstate New York where Aaron's dad is the pastor. Aaron attended Bob Jones University in Greenville, South Carolina and graduated with a ministry and leadership degree. I graduated from BJU with a degree in music. Partway through Aaron's degree, we were married, and the Lord blessed our home with three children.
4: Since our time in Alaska, the Lord has continued to give us a burden for the people in Ileamna and the surrounding bush communities, and we believe He has called us to serve Him in this unique place. In 2021, we joined Baptist Mid-Missions, and we are benefiting from their 100 years of missionary experience. During our time in Iliamna, we observed the current church plant ministry there, Iliamna Baptist Chapel. We were able to help serve the church through Vacation Bible School and the Lord used that to give us a love for the young people in the village communities. We were also able to serve through music ministry, preaching, and even some building upkeep. As we served in the church in Iliamna, Our Lord burdened us for the village communities in the surrounding area where there is no consistent gospel outreach. Hundreds of these villages, including Ilyamna, are separated from the road system and only accessible by airplane or boat. The Yupik people in these villages must hear the gospel of Christ, as many of them are deceived by the Russian Orthodox Church, which has influenced these villages for decades.
5: One of the villages in particular is the village of Levlock. We were able to fly to the village and hold a Sunday morning service with a small group of women and children. The eldest native believer asked Aaron after the service if he was the preacher she had been praying for. After experiencing a strong burden from the Lord, Aaron knew the Lord was calling our family to bring the gospel to these villages.
4: Since childhood, I have had a passion for aviation and plan to finish flight training once we arrive in Alaska. Seeing how the ministry works in the bush, it is clear that being able to fly is a necessity for effectively reaching these remote villages with the gospel. One of our ministry goals in Iliabna and the other villages is discipleship with those who come to Christ. The instruction our Lord gave the disciples during his time on earth prepared them to lead the early church. We want to train future leaders for these small churches through scriptural instruction. Would you please pray for our family as we follow the Lord's calling for us? Please pray for the people in this spiritually dark corner of the world that still need to be reached with the gospel.
5: But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts.
4: I'm going to try and end with a few minutes left for any questions. Uh, we would love to answer any questions you might have after the PowerPoint, but then also tonight after the service we 'll be in the back um, i 'll mention this now. We have a email sign up that we would love to get your emails. There are several ways to do that. We have a QR code, a handwritten way, and then through our prayer card, you can sign up for our emails that way we can uh, send you prayer updates as the Lord leads us along in our PowerPoint. Um, I wanted to start with this first picture for two reasons. The first reason is the obvious reason. When you grab our prayer card and look at our family's picture, uh, the kids look a lot different than they do right now. That picture was taken almost two years ago. Uh, So I wanted to give you an updated version of our family, not so much so you can see what my wife and I look like two years later, but so you can see what our kids look like two years later. Um, Our youngest, Malia, has obviously changed a lot. So if you look for the girl that's on the screen, you'll find her, but you won't find the girl on the prayer card. Uh, So this is an updated picture of our family in Iliamna in front of the mission plane. Second reason we start with this picture is my wife and I, like most Christian parents, believe that our primary ministry is our children. We are with them more than any other person. The Lord has given us our children to raise them. To under shepherd them in the ways of the Lord, to teach them diligently the things of the Lord. Uh, so we just, we really are burdened burden for them, um, as, as any Christian parent would be. So this is our family. This next picture, just to give you an idea, I know most of you already know this, of where Alaska is. Uh, it's farther north than most of Canada. This picture isn't super accurate. It's a picture of a flattened globe, essentially. It doesn't account for the curvature of the earth, but that red dot there, and you'll see a red pin on the map on our, on our presentation table, that's approximately where we will be, Iliamna. It's 230 miles southwest of Anchorage. Anchorage is the nearest road. It's the nearest grocery store. It's the nearest pretty much everything. Uh, so flying to and from Anchorage every three months, is a pretty common thing that we have to do for all of our groceries, for any building supplies, anything like that. Then this next picture um, gives you an idea of where it's located. In the north, you'll see how close we are to Russia. Sometimes that can be a little scary. That's 55 miles from those two points that are close together, and there's actually an island between those two points that's even closer because it's a two-part island. Part of it's the United States, part of it's Russia. So you can walk from the United States from Russia on these two islands. Um as you know Alaska was purchased from Russia by the United States when Russia used to own the territory of Alaska they sent their Russian Orthodox missionaries to the state of or to the territory of Alaska and those missionaries went to all of these small pockets of natives communities bush living conditions and they began spreading the Russian Orthodox religion to where now It's so popular that the common saying is to be a true Alaskan native is to be a Russian Orthodox. And what they've done is they've blended their their traditional native religion with Russian Orthodoxy. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to go in all these villages and and teach the true gospel. Uh, Then this next picture is a picture of Iliamna. That red roof there is the church plant, Iliamna Baptist Chapel, the building right above that is the parsonage. It's been there since the 70s. Baptist mid missions missionaries have planted this ministry through the work of the Lord. And uh, Mike and Jeanette Clark have been there now for 17 years in this ministry. But this, you know, this is kind of, it's a good picture because this is how Iliam is laid out. You can see buildings out through there. Um, a lot of these native communities are set up like this, where they aren't, the houses aren't very close together. And when when we go to these villages, we don't typically get a warm welcome except from the mosquitoes. Um, The native people are usually very closed to white Americans. Um, There's a a prejudice there that the Clarks have found very difficult to overcome. They told us it was was five years before they really started to see fruit uh, from the ministry the Lord's called them to because they had to overcome all these relationship hurdles. Then this next picture, of was a picture I took from the mission plane. Mike and I flew around this region and we would fly over pockets of houses where these small villages are. And Mike told me, he would point to these villages and he'd say, as far as I know, that village or that village or that village have never been reached with the gospel. And so through aviation ministry, it's been their goal and it will be our goal to reach these villages. Uh, But it's been very hard for the Clarks to do that because they're the only missionaries located in Iliamna, and he's the pastor of the church there, and they have full-time ministry responsibilities in that village. So the Lord's called us there to help them and take turns with them going to other villages. In the next picture, um, this is the lifestyle here. Like I said, Anchorage is 230 miles away. It's the nearest grocery store. So the people live a subsistence lifestyle. They hunt and they fish for all of their meat. The natives use use gill nets where they can catch as many salmon as they want during salmon season. There's no limit. Um, And they can it, they smoke it, they do whatever they need to live off of the salmon for the rest of the year. They hunt moose and they hunt caribou. And what the Clarks have found is that hunting and fishing with these natives is one of the best ways to build relationships with them. Uh, So that's what they've done. This is a picture of of the Clarks' net, of them working in their fishnet. In this next picture, another way that the Lord has used the Clarks there is through Mike's background in construction. The native people aren't electricians. They aren't carpenters. They aren't painters. They aren't plumbers. They know hunting and fishing, and maybe a few odds and ends, but other than that, that's their culture, and it always has been. But they live in modern homes. They have appliances. They have needs, you know, electrical needs, plumbing needs. So what what do they do? Who do they ask? There are no plumbers or electricians in these villages. But they know that the missionary knows how to do this stuff. So while we were there five years ago for our internship, uh, Mike asked if I wanted to go and help build a yurt. I I call these things modern-day igloos. Um, They knew Mike was a construction guy, and they were building a yurt, so they asked him to come and help. And I went with them, and I got to see Mike build relationships with people just because of his background in construction. Uh, the video mentioned my wife went to school for music. She, she went to school to learn to teach stringed instruments. And the Native children love music. They love learning music, but there are no music teachers. And she was able to give a piano lesson while we were there. So we've seen how the Lord has craft, crafted our family uh, for this ministry to be able to be used to build relationships with, this, with these people. And this next picture is my second favorite picture. Obviously, the first picture is my favorite. Uh, this is leave lock. You heard about this in the video. Uh, if you can squint and see that large building in the middle, go just a little bit to the right, you'll see a square of trees. You probably won't be able to see this, but at the top of that square of trees, hidden in the spruce trees, is a roof. And that roof is a church building. There's a quarter of an acre there owned by Baptist Mid-Missions. There's a church building and a parsonage. The next picture is the church parsonage. This ministry has been vacant for over 20 years. So what the Clarks have done for the past 17 years is once or maybe twice a year, they go to a handful of villages and they preach one sermon, Mike preaches one sermon, Sunday morning, and they may have a couple days of a VBS or a basketball camp, but then they have to return to Iliamna for their ministry there. So our last Sunday there, we flew to leave Locke. He radioed ahead to the So one of the believers there and he said we're having a Sunday morning services and I'm bringing an intern. The next picture is the auditorium which is kept up a little bit more because they use it a couple times a year. So I preached to three Alaskan Yupik natives, ladies, uh, believing Christian ladies and Mike the missionary and afterwards Patricia who is the oldest native believer came up to me she shook my hand, and she asked me if I was the preacher she had been praying for for over 20 years, because she had been saved under the ministry of the previous missionary. And at that point, I saw the need. The Clarks had seen the need for years, but that's when the Lord really began to open my eyes to the need of this area, and that's when I really felt the Lord calling us here. And then this next picture is the Iliomna air taxi. I know it's a little bit blurry. I was... I still am not a very good photographer. Um, The Air Taxi is the backbone of travel in remote southwest Alaska. They deliver mail, food, groceries, small building materials, and people to a lot of these small native communities. They use aircraft large enough to carry freight, but small enough to land on the small gravel runways. And Mike has had to keep his airplane outdoors outdoors, because there's been no room for him to keep it inside. So he shared with me that while we were there five years ago, they are praying about buying their own piece of property, and the next picture shows the Baptist Mid-Mission hangar. He sent me this picture a couple years ago through supporting churches and work teams. They were able to purchase this and build it. The next picture shows the inside. That's the Piper Cherokee in the front and two planes that he's actually able to rent space to people who need to keep their aircraft indoors. It's another tool that the Lord has given us to use as ministry here. He has his mechanics permit. He works on aircraft. I'm hoping to have a small appliance repair shop in the hangar to work on appliances for Native people. Um, But this is a tool the Lord's given us. And this next picture is, again, like I mentioned, the church building. Um... Christ promised to build his church. That's his work. And the surprising thing is he does it in ways that we would never imagine. We were there for six weeks, a total of eight weeks, but six weeks for our internship. And we worship the Lord in this building from people literally from all around the world um, that the Lord brought to this tiny native community. And in this last picture, and I'll end here, um, just a few prayer requests. Again, if you sign up for our emails, you'll get more prayer requests. We rely on prayers from the Lord's people. Um, we do a lot of traveling right now as we're on deputation. We're currently at 51% support. Um, I won't read down through all of those, but I will go to number four. We've had a prayer goal since before deputation that the Lord would have us at full support to where we could move to Iliam the next summer. Pray for mid 24 Um, It has to be in the summer. All of our things get barged to the village on a barge boat driven over mountain range and on another barge boat across the lake to the village. And that all happens during a a two-and-a-half-month window when everything's thawed out enough. Uh, So we know it's going to have to be in the summer, and we're praying for next summer. Do we have time for a few questions? We'll take a few questions. um, Anything we can clarify, or um, we take smart remarks as well. And if you have any questions for my family, feel free. Any questions? Yes, ma'am. So is
6: the shack yours? I'm sorry?
4: That you said that the, the shack, uh, the shack was, has been abandoned for 20 Yeah, seconds. is the shack ours? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, so just a little bit about that. Um, the Clarks have had ministry in about six villages. Leavlock is the only one where there's church property. Um, but they usually just stay in the church building if they have to stay overnight because it's it's going to be a big job to redo that parsonage. It's going to need a complete remodel. Um, But one of our goals when we get there is to remodel that parsonage to where a family like ourselves or the Clarks or whoever is going to Leblok, we can actually live there for several months at a time and be more effective in the ministry, building relationships with these native people. Yes, sir. The average population of the villages—I don't know. Iliamna is a community of 300. Leablock is 50. New Stoyahawk is 600, and everything in between. Um, so there's not really a there's not really an average, but there's a pretty 600 is probably going to be the max in those villages, and Iliamna is actually one community with two villages, New Halen and Iliamna, together is three hundred. Yes, sir. Do
1: they have medical facilities in
4: that area? Uh as far as medical facilities, in most of these villages there's a health clinic where they can where we can go for emergencies, bear attacks, whatever. Um but for anything other than that where we would need a hospital, we have to go to Anchorage. Um Childbirth, the state actually requires everybody to to go to a hospital like Anchorage a month before the due date. So, everybody, we we can't give birth, my wife can't give birth in Iliamna. Um, But other than that, we do have the health clinic for emergencies. Yes, sir?
2: Um, is, Is the electricity provided by generators?
4: Yes, diesel generators. The diesel's brought in on barrels by barge boat. It comes in on a boat. Yeah. And all of our electricity comes from diesel generators. Most of the villages run on diesel generators. But aviation gas, car gas, it all comes in on barge. Yes, sir?
0: Now, you had mentioned a repair shop that you're going to start. Do you have a trade background, or is this all OG?
4: Yeah, I um, I was an appliance technician for three and a half years during college, um, and then after that I did handyman stuff. So I have that trade background. There are no ha- there are no um, appliance repair people in Iliamna, and when an appliance goes bad, they take it to the dump and throw it in a big heap of appliances. So my first task is going to be rooting through a pile of appliances to refurbish a bunch, and then hopefully repair some for the natives. Take one more question. Yes, ma'am. Did, Clarks, did the
6: Clarks raise children in this area and other are schools, or how does all that
4: work? Yeah, the Clarks raised five kids in um, Iliamna. Their oldest, I think, was 13 when they got there. And they started homeschooling and found it really hard to be involved in the lives of the natives. So they put their kids in the public school that, that services both villages and... The public school is a very dark environment in these villages. Almost every home is, you know, alcoholics, a lot of abuse. So they were starting to see some negative things come in their home, and they I don't even think it was a full semester they pulled their kids out and finished homeschooling. We've already started homeschooling. Both my wife and I were homeschooled. That's going to be our plan is to homeschool. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Again, please visit our table. Uh, we'd love to get your email and any more questions that you would have. Thank you. Go so ahead, stand
0: with me as we sing our last song. Name of the Most Jesus Christ the Righteous.
1: Christ in me No fate I tread, I know I am forgiven the future sure the price it has been paid for Jesus fled and suffered for my pardon. And he was raised to overthrow the grave. To this I hold, my sin has been defeated. Jesus, now and ever is my plea. Oh, the chains are released. I can sing, I am free. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. All the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, Then my lips shall repeat, Yet not I, but through Christ in me. To this I hold, my only hope is Jesus. All the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, till my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me.
7: All right, well, good evening. We'll be in Isaiah 46 this evening, Isaiah chapter number 46 thankful to be here. I do count it a privilege to preach tonight. Thank you, Pastor Brett, for asking me to preach, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, tonight, um, it's interesting how the Lord works. This uh, passage was, uh Lord quickly put it on my mind after Pastor Brett had asked me to preach. And it's interesting to see how this will dovetail with this morning's message. And this is a chapter that um, a dear friend of mine, uh, somebody I, I look up to, Uh, gave to me uh, after Caleb had died. And I read this chapter uh, the night of his funeral, and this passage has become just a very special one and a a very important one to myself personally, um, as we'll see here. But let's begin reading in verse number 3 of Isaiah 46. The Bible says, Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel which are borne by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb. And even to your old age I am he, and even to whore hairs will I carry you. I have made, and I will bear. Even I will carry, and will deliver you. To whom will ye liken me, and make me equal, and compare me, that we may be like? They lavish gold out of the bag, and weigh silver in the balance, and hire a goldsmith. And he maketh it a god. They fall down, yea, they worship." They bear him upon the shoulder, they carry him, and set him in his place, and he standeth. From his place shall he not remove, yea, one shall cry unto him, yet can he not answer, nor save him out of his trouble. Remember this, and show yourselves men. Bring it again to mind, O ye transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country, Yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, I will also do it. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are in control of all things, Lord, that you are sovereign, that you are our Savior. Would you help me in these next few moments to preach the truth of your word, to communicate it clearly? May the truth of your word grab hold of our attention, may we understand it, and may we live differently because of the truth of your word, I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. So last summer, I heard uh, an evangelist um, tell of an account of George Mueller. Uh, George Mueller, he's uh, famous for um, his faith and for uh, working and and running a children's orphanage. And the exact circumstances of this account, I don't remember, but there had been some sort of tragedy. Uh, Somebody had, had passed away and somebody had mentioned to George Mueller, why had God done this? Why did God allow this tragedy to take place? And George Mueller's answer was something like, I care not what God does, but only who he is. I care not what God does, but only who he is. And you know, George Mueller, he wasn't being insensitive in any way, but what he was getting at was basically that we ought to be primarily concerned with who God is, and not so much on what he does. For in the midst of a tragedy, if we were to only look at the things that God does, we would be confused. We would ask all sorts of questions and wonder, why? But we would have those questions and perhaps those doubts because we can't see the whole picture as God sees it. We simply can't know every reason for everything that God decides to do, but what we can know is who God is. For instance, we know that God is good, right? God is good. We hear that all the time. We say that we believe that. And since God is good, then everything he does is good because that's who he is. God, he will never and he can never do anything that is contrary to his character, that's contrary to who he is. God, he does good things because he's good. That's who he is. And I was challenged to search the scriptures with this mindset to find out who God is on every page, not just to study and analyze the things that God does, but then to also go deeper and to find out what his actions and what his decisions reveal about who he is. The pursuit of knowing God, that ought to be our highest pursuit as it was for the Apostle Paul when he said in Philippians 3, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. And he goes on, That I may know him, the power of his resurrection, being made conformable unto his death. Paul's pursuit was to know God, and it ought to be for us. And in Isaiah 46, as we read, we saw that God alone is our savior and God alone is sovereign. And the title of my message this evening is Resting in the Sovereignty of God. Resting in the sovereignty of God. Firstly, we see God alone is our savior. If you notice in verses 3 and 4, he uh, God, he addresses the house of Jacob, the remnant of the house of Israel, and he reminds the his people of his faithfulness and his goodness. To them, And he gives them another promise even uh, to deliver them in the future. He says at the end of verse number 4, I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. And all from Isaiah 40 and on especially, God he, he over and over proclaims that he is the Savior. He says, look unto me all the ends of the earth and be ye saved for I am God and none else. And then in verse number 5, God, he makes a statement or a question that he's been repeating in the previous chapters. He says, to whom will ye liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be like? And if you were just to go back to Isaiah 40 and to this chapter, Isaiah 46, you'd find a whole handful of verses that I have written down. I won't take the time to read them. But over and over and over again, God says, there is no God else beside me. There is none else beside me. Uh, Isaiah 45:22. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. Over and over again, God says, There is none like me. There is none to be compared to me. There is no other God but me. Over and over again. Why does God repeat himself in this way? Well, simply to emphasize that there is no one like him. So why why, Israel, would you turn away from the living and true God to dead, false idols? God alone can save from sin. God alone can give eternal life. He alone is absolutely good, loving, kind. He alone can give joy and fulfillment like no one else can. No one is like God. Who is like Him? And he reveals the foolishness of Trusting in an idol, in trusting in anything else but God, he reveals the foolishness of turning to idols. And then in verses six and seven, God he begins to describe their idolatry. Verse six again: they they lavish gold out of the bag and weigh silver in the balance and hire a goldsmith and he maketh it a god. They fall down, yea, they worship. This is their idol. They've made cold and silver and money the things that money can do they're idol and what do they do how do they they worship this idol they bear him up upon the shoulder they carry him and set him in his place he standeth yet from his place shall he not remove yea one shall cry unto him yet can he not answer nor save him out of his trouble you know everyone looks for someone or something to deliver them out of trouble to deliver them from trouble you know it's just our nature to try and get out of trials to get out of heartaches and difficulties stress anxiety and hardships all of the above we we just hate being in those places and Israel's problem was that they had turned to idols to deliver them from their trouble my question then is From this what do you turn to when you have troubles when you have heartaches when you're stressed when there's anxiety and there's hardship what do you turn to what do you run to to cope with the difficulties and stresses of your life some run to the bottle some run to money as we saw here Some run to entertainment or pleasures, movies, TV shows, video games. Some run to sports. Some run to fantasy to just try and escape the pressure of life to cope, to deliver them from their trouble. What do you run to for deliverance from trouble? And thinking of this, you know, we, we honor God and you know we speak highly of Him with our words. And I don't think that anyone in here would you know compare our Almighty God to you know say Buddha in a serious idolatrous sense. Like I don't think any of us would do that. And but what I fear is that you know, with our actions we compare God to idols. God said, to whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be like? I fear that you know, in times of grief or hardship, when the pressure of life begins to get to me, that I'll run to some entertainment or some pleasure or something just to cope and to deliver me from trouble without any real acknowledgement of God. And when I do that, my actions are saying that I need this more than God right now, that I want this more than God right now, that this, whatever I'm finding pleasure or whatever I'm coping with is better than what God can give me in His Word and in His presence. And with my actions, I I compare these things to God and make them, in my mind, better than He is. The things that I give myself to May we beware of what we give ourselves to. God alone is our Savior, not just from the eternal punishment of sin, but from sin's daily pull it has on us. And from every trial and every difficulty that we go through, we can turn and run to God, and that is what we ought to do. God alone is our Savior. But secondly, this evening, God alone is sovereign. God alone is sovereign. And now I feel I need to make a preliminary statement when I say that word, sovereign um you know my goal is not to try and understand and explain completely the sovereignty of God and man's free will you know that's a discussion for the ages that will always be discussed and that won't be solved tonight my goal is not to go there and my goal is not to cause any sort of confusion but rather to simply look at what the bible says about god's sovereignty and make application to how we are to live because he is sovereign and there are three aspects that we see hear about God's sovereignty. Firstly, that God is in control of what I can't control. God is in control of what I can't control. And he states this so boldly and powerfully in verses 9 and on. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand i will do all my pleasure god is in control and it's so clear from these verses and i don't understand how that all works but what i do know is that he's in control that's the important thing that we know that he is in control Uh, back in may um, so just three months ago now um, there was a super typhoon headed towards guam and my parents and my little sister they live in Guam missionaries there and you know I was keeping up with the news and following you know uh, what was going on with this super typhoon and it was heading straight for Guam straight for my family and to be honest I was afraid there's a lot of fears that came up from that because a typhoon is definitely out of my control and as once when the the typhoon hit the island you know it was the biggest typhoon that the island's seen in 20 years devastated the island. Uh, many people lost their homes completely, and it was just, you know, it's devastation. And, you know, the cell tires were wiped out. I haven't heard from my parents for a little bit, you know, and I'm just wondering, hoping, and praying, you know, that they're okay. And finally, I get in touch with my parents, you know, get to see, you know, how they're doing. And because of the, the typhoon, it had just wiped out the islands. Um, Since it's such a small island, er everything is imported there, the water, the food, and everything. And so um, the food and water on the island was just limited. And they didn't have any power, so there's no air conditioning, and Guam is hot and humid all year long. And so they had to be wise with how much water they drank, but the water that they did drink, they would just sweat it all out immediately because there's no air conditioning and it's super humid and hot. And so then Dad tells me that Mom is extremely dehydrated, she can't hardly eat, she can't hold anything down, that she collapses, and I'm like, ah man. I've just never felt so out of control. Like I I could not do anything but pray in this situation. And honestly, I was terrified. I don't think I've ever been more afraid in my life than I have been this year. I was completely out of control. But God He is faithful, and he is good, and my family, they're doing just fine, and he's protected, and he watched over my family. And it was that, really this year, something the Lord has been teaching me and just showing me is how little control I have over my life. You know, it's our nature to seek control, right? But the fact of the matter is, is that we're weak and helpless apart from God. It is by Jesus Christ that all things consist. My life is in his hands, and you know, who better to be in control than God? And because God is in control, that means that I can just let go. Because God's in control, I can let go of those things that I can't control. It's in his hands, and I can trust him with it because he is sovereign. God is in control, therefore we can let go. And then secondly, God's promises will never fail. At the end of verse number 11, he says, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. God said it, so that settles it, plain and simple. Because he is sovereign, because he has supreme and absolute authority over all things, what he says goes, and nothing can challenge his authority, nothing can challenge his sovereignty or change the fact that he is sovereign. He said, let there be light, and there was light creation is just a it's it's an amazing display of god's power but his sovereignty over all things over all of matter whatever he says it goes so therefore because god he is sovereign and his promises will never fail therefore i don't have to worry i don't have to worry about the future i don't have to worry about whether or not god will take care of my financial needs because he said he would. He said that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He said that he'll never leave me or forsake me. He said that he is my shepherd and I shall not want. And there are so many other promises that we could just go on and on and on in God's word about. But because God is sovereign, and He is in control and he has the authority over all things, what he says goes. His promises can never fail. Therefore, I don't have to worry anymore. Thirdly, God's plans cannot be stopped. At the end of verse 11, I have purposed it. I will also do it. No matter what happens, what God has declared will come to pass will come to pass and nothing can stop that. God has said that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and nothing will stop that from happening. Christ will return one day and conquer and vanquish his enemies and nothing can stop that. Nothing can stop his plans because he alone is sovereign. And with this, you know, I, I, I had this thought, you know, if, imagine with me that, you know, God, he, he was sovereign but not good. Imagine that God, he, he was evil and sovereign over all. And we need not go much further than that, but just just that thought, it terrifies me. If somebody had absolute and supreme authority over all things and was evil, that'd be a terrifying thing. But God's not. Evil God is good, and He is sovereign and I bring this up because seeing these two glorious attributes of God together that that gives us hope and it gives us comfort because God is good, everything he does is good, and because he is sovereign, he can do all that he wishes to do and all that he wishes to do will be good, because God is good. You know, therefore, I can eagerly await the future. Therefore, I have hope. I can look forward with eagerness and hope to what God has planned for us. Psalm 1830, as for God, His way is perfect. So why then would you and I ever resist His plan for my life? You know, it'd be crazy and foolish of me to go against God's plan for me because He's good and He's sovereign. So His plans for me are beyond what I could ever think. They're greater than I could ever imagine. This gives me hope. I have hope that God will continue to use the death of my brother to bring lost souls to Jesus Christ. That he will continue to use Caleb's life and testimony to encourage Christians towards Christ. I have hope because God has planned a glorious meeting in the air, and that one day I will see Jesus Christ and I will see Caleb in the air, and that will be the best meeting ever. Nothing can stop that from happening, nothing can thwart God's plans. God's promises can never fail, and He is in control so what do I have to worry about? Why worry about the things that I can't control when God is in control? Why stress over the future, over these hardships, when I have His promises from the Almighty, Sovereign Creator of all? I have so much peace, comfort, and hope in seeing who God is. And now I'm resting in the sovereignty of God. When I see this and who God is, his goodness, his sovereignty over all things, my soul is at rest. So church, I whatever it may be for you, would you look at the sovereignty of God and just choose to rest and trust in who he is? Let us pray. Father, thank you that you're in control of all things, that you are sovereign. Or though our understanding may be limited, it does not change the fact that you are who you said you are. Lord, I just pray for each one in here that perhaps if we're wrestling with you or we're striving with our maker, Lord, would you resolve that in those hearts. And may we give our lives, our hearts to you completely and trust in the plan that you have, and trust in who you are. Please stand. We'll have an invitation, a time to respond. And as the piano plays, whether it's where you are or you'd like to come forward and kneel before our God, uh, you may do so, but take this time to pray to Him.
0: Thank you, David. may look this way. hope today was a blessing to you. It was a blessing to my heart seeing that we lifted up who Jesus Christ is. Because of that, we can, we can rest. We can trust. Because he is faithful. And he has shown himself to be faithful time and time again. And whatever is going on in your life, I know there are burdens that you are carrying. I know there are struggles. There are frustrations. God is there. And he is sovereign. He is in control. So thank you, David, for that. All right. Don't forget um, to visit the missionaries at their table out in the back. And uh, make sure you sign up for their prayer cards and uh, prayer updates. I know they would appreciate that. Get to know them, get to know their family. And uh, we will see you all on Wednesday, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night. Don't forget, do pay attention for the funeral arrangements and details that will be being posted at some point this week. So the Lord bless you, keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you, give you peace. We love you. You are dismissed.